0: All right, everyone. Uh Rosie Hare, uh coming live to you guys. Um, so waiting for Roger to join in. Uh, this is our weekly update for real estate market, and um it started as a just a conversation that we would have as a team, and one day it just occurred to us, we were like, you know, uh it would be fascinating if our people can hear these conversations while we're having it. So I got Roger on the call. Hi, Roger. Oh, okay. Hey, Rosie, how are you today? I'm doing great. Great. I I just sent
1: you a request to record. I Uh, agree. Oh, very cool. Okay, great. So let me, (laughs) I think I need to change my camera.
0: Okay. Uh, Let me see here. Well, while he's changing the camera, the one we can already see him in, <laughs> um, I just want to say hello. It was nice to meet you guys again. I feel like uh, January just flew by. It was so much going on. And uh, Rogers, so I know you have been very well prepared for our conversation today. Yeah. Um, you a commercial broker. You got like some of the latest and best coming to you. So let's dive in. What's going on with the real estate market? What to expect in 2024? Uh, It's one of our biggest conversations people are having. And um, I got my insights and I know you got yours. Let's see if we match up.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Rosie. So uh, we're going to talk about quite a few different things. And I'm just going to run down the headlines real quick. So uh, we can have a conversation about what's happening. And I'd love to get your insight. On what you feel like is going to impact our local market. And, um, you know, there's a lot of investors who are asking these questions. They're saying, well, how is the market going to fare? And I have, I've seen the interest, there's always been an interest in economic impact or, um, you know, forecasting. And I feel like this year is a little bit different because we're so many investors have been on the sidelines, sitting on their hands. Everybody wants to invest. Um, and i feel like they don't know where to start with us we look at things just a little bit differently hey the numbers are what they are where's the money trail where's the money going how can i think rosie you say this all the time you say get in between the money find out where you know find out where the money is get in between it and um, and there you go that's a really simple and yet i think such a strategic way to go about things so today we're going to take a look at where's the money, where's it being exchanged, and how can we get in the middle of those two things? Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's go. Okay. Perfect. So we're going to take a look at the CBRE. If you don't know, CBRE is a, a commercial real estate brokerage, and they do some analytics and research on the on the economy. They send out a survey every year to see how investors are uh, sentiment, the investor sentiment, how people are feeling about putting their money uh, to work, right? We're gonna take a look at their report. We're also gonna look at this nonprofit report, which is the Milken, it's called the Milken Report. Now Mm -hmm. these people look at quite a few different things before they rate cities. And we're gonna take a look at how Austin fared on their list. Um, We're gonna maybe talk about having a few drinks and how does that play into the big picture of investing? Uh, we'll talk about a celebrity, uh, celebrity, uh, I guess, investor or entrepreneur here in Austin and what he's up to. And I think a lot of you may know uh, P- Paul John DeJoria, who is the owner of Paul Mitchell Products. And um, we're going to take a look at what he's doing and what it means for, um, for, I guess, everyone, because it's pretty impactful. Big people do big things, right? Okay, so first, without any further ado, I'm going to jump into the reports here. And um, so I'm going to share my screen real quick, Rosie. Is that fine with you? Yeah, sure. Okay, perfect. Okay. So, um, and I know you like for me to make this at 100%. Can you see what I'm looking at?
0: Yeah, I can see what we're looking at. Okay, perfect. So
1: investors expect transactions activity to pick up in uh, the second quarter of 2024. They did a survey. When do you expect overall buying and selling activity to begin recovering? And a large number of investors said uh, that second quarter, 54% of investors said by second quarter of 2024. (laughs) <laughs> uh, were surveyed earlier and uh, I believe last year and they were saying uh 16 right 16 percent felt like uh second quarter of 2024 would be would be mm-hmm. the- to get back in and I think this just speaks to um uh, people wanting to get back and start playing Rosie what do you think like don't you feel like people are just tired of sitting on their hands
0: yeah so I was um like like you are observing the market at a at a more bird's eye view, I like to go local and look at the numbers myself. And um, I was researching the Austin Board of Realtors uh, housing data on how the market performance is and um, what is the affordability and the activity in the market looks like. You know, what was fascinating to me is that they are saying like 2023 was the first year following 2022, right? 2022 is when we saw that big, crazy disruption in the market mm-hmm. and we had the first quarter that was the hottest quarter of real estate and then it went flat and downhill and 2023 was basically a replica of 2022 mm-hmm. because that was the first full year we saw with interest rates being so hyped up and people going through the shock of how interest rates have gone up. So I feel like when we look at when I studied the Texas AM and housing data, It showed 2021 sales right here. You see, like, I'm just going to give you a graph visual. 2021 sales are right here, and 2022 sales were right in the middle. And guess what happened to 2023 sales? They were right neck to neck with 2022. So I think 2023 has proven that the market that got disrupted in 2022 sustained itself for a year means nothing crazy good happened in 2023 that overnight took the prices back to 2021. And you know, like, this is my like little internal joke in my head. Um, If you're self-employed and you're a business owner, you know, as a lender um, to get qualified for a loan, they're going to require a two years tax return from you because they want to make sure you're in business for at least over 18 months and you have a qualified income coming in and you have a proven data. I think real estate market has given you a two-year data, two years housing return on what the prices look like. So if you're able to see 2022 and 2023 consistently saying that number of homes sold were less, prices were less, sales dollar volume was less, and it's not less by 1% or 2%, it is less by 10 to 17%. It has proven that the hype has gone So um, in 2024, when I'm listening to Claire Lozzi, who is a housing economist, Mm -hmm. he's clearly saying that housing is the most crucial infrastructure of our economy. And in 2024, we are anticipating a 5% decrease or increase. It can fall either way, right? But from what we are personally experiencing in the market, I think it's probably going to be more of a 5% increase than decrease because people have healed from the wound of higher interest rates. And they've also healed from the wound of high prices because people were not able to go into the market. But I do think when people are saying, uh, investors are saying that the second quarter is gonna be uh, bullish and a lot of people are gonna invest, I think they're coming from, number one, second quarter naturally is more active for people because they're coming out of holidays. They're done paying their property taxes, income taxes and all the good stuff. Now they're realizing home ownership is great. Um, But if I look at the graph that you are showing, they're also saying the first quarter of 2025 will do really well too, unlike Mm -hmm. the first quarter of 2024. So um, no, no, I- that's, a, that's absolutely right. I think, I think the further
1: we look into the sentiments uh, on behalf, not just the investors, but the economists too, a lot of them are saying that, look, 2024 may just be a recovery year. It may be, yeah. uh, maybe a year where we're just kind of just happy to be in the game, right? Like everything's kind of recovering, but at a steady pace and it, the, no one's expecting this big shoot up. Yeah. Uh, I do feel like Rosie that, uh, you know, just, this is coming from driving uh, a friend around and we're looking at properties just the other day yeah we're talking about the same thing we're talking about now yeah and his need supersedes waiting so yeah. he's like, look i'm going to be doing this and i'm going to need this thing i'm i'm walking into for the next 10 years yeah. so what the uh, what the current state of the economy is has very little to do with my with with my decision mm-hmm. and um how many more people are in that same boat that's what i'd love to know
0: yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So um we would have pretty consistent year, um, but the current data is fair much more favorable than pre-pandemic numbers. And uh, you know, our total sales dollar volume uh is up by, you know, thirty point five percent. And there were twenty one percent more active listings and thirty-eight percent more months of inventory than what we had five years ago. Can you say so that if- again? So um, I'm actually going to quote exactly the way it is because data is only as good as its accuracy, right? Yeah. They're saying, uh, according to the Austin Housing Report, that home prices and sales would likely remain essentially flat to tune off 5% increase or decrease year over year in 2024. Now, here's the most important part. While the market continues to find its footing, it is noteworthy that the total, total sales dollar volume is up by 30%. There are 21% more active listings and 38% more months of inventory today than there were five years ago,
1: mm, yeah. right?
0: So don't compare to 2022 or 2023, but where is our five-year cycle going? Housing demand is still strong and the uptick in the inventory of home sales has finally given our repeat buyers some options. Because contingencies are back. Like we're helping so many clients right now who are like, hey, can I sell this house while I buy the new one? And this conversation was gone from 2019 till 2021 completely. So.
1: Yeah. And then that same report, they're saying 90% of respondents expect to maintain or increase their real estate allocations this year. Wow. Wow. I really think that uh that we're people are getting back in the game and they it's want to bullish
0: buy. again this year it's bullish again what yeah.
1: you know yeah. and whether what, and I think our point of reference is what skews everything we're still thinking um you know pre-pandemic and everybody's so drunk off off of the market that um that we're just any small gain seems it doesn't seem like a big deal right and yeah. so, uh, but I, I think that the the market that we're walking into is probably going to be a more stable market, but it's going to be a great market to, you know, to be in. Um, as you've heard from all the great economists, 0% interest is is not a good thing for the economy. It means that we're not actually in a really good situation. Uh, so maybe we're going to get used to this healthy environment of interest rates and things are going to be much more competitive rather than people just, you uh, Mm-hmm. buying things that you know at low caps and so let's see what that has in store but yeah yeah so um now jump into the milken report the milken institute so so these people are um they what they do is they measure cities or compare cities it's a prestigious report non-biased right um it's not a politically influenced report it's uh, right down the middle and what they look at is job growth, wage growth. They look at the tech sectors in an area, uh, how much the city has broadband coverage, um, community resilience, and housing affordability. So they recently reported Austin as the number one city in their report. Um, and uh, that's pretty encouraging, Rosie, because you know, between 2017 and 2022, uh, the tech sector experienced a 62% increase in in, uh, in job growth. And that's kind of unheard of. When you hear these numbers, I don't know about you, but it's kind of astonishing to me.
0: Well, we just came back from California um, for an event. And I know our conversation coming back from there was, Apple is moving to Austin you know, uh, said they're telling their employees in San Diego that if you're not moving over, you can stay where you are. You're not gonna maintain your employment. So I think when tech sector is making such big moves, and I think today you were uh, just sharing a very comparative, comparative data to other cities that Texas is the only state that has news in billions showing. You know oh. how big projects are moving here in billions and uh yeah i'll let you take over this is important
1: no no you hit the nail on the head you know we want to make sure that we're not giving you information just on austin we want to know how does that information compare to other major metros in the u.s so Mm -hmm. i'm not only looking at austin information because sometimes you know you 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 get high off your own supply and you just read all the great headlines and yeah you, you know you don't you want to make sure that at least for me, I wanna make sure that I, I really bring the right news so that you can take a look at things, you can weigh them and make a knowledgeable decision. And uh, Rosie, I can tell you this, I went through there and I this week, I probably looked at over 50 cities in the US. I looked at New York, I looked at Milwaukee, I looked at mm. San Francisco, Sacramento, uh, Orlando, you know, all these places. And so I saw that there's very few places in the US where they're talking about anything in the billions. Yeah. It's mostly like, I know some of the headlines were kind of depressing. I saw a $1.5 million headline and I said, geez, like, that's not even worthy of commercial. That's a residential conversation or that, that, that's, yeah, they seem to have any impact. Or uh, you're going to see a lot of headlines in different cities where, Um, there's being job cuts, drastic job cuts. So I invite anyone who's watching this video, uh, whether, and if you're in any one of those cities, to share that good news with us. And not only that, but also to invest in Austin because, or invest Mm -hmm. in Texas in general, because we are a booming economy. And uh, the more research you'll do, the more that'll become clear to you that we're actually in a real sweet spot. So If you ended up here by accident, like I did, I've lived here for over 25 years uh, with my family. And, uh, you know, actually I've lived in Texas all of my life and my parents moved here. So, but if you're outside of the state and you're wanting to invest and you're wanting to know more about how to buy real estate here, then uh, just reach out to us and we'll make sure to help you out. So this is a, a pretty cool phenomenon that's happening. So, um, Rosie, these are just numbers and that I hope our, our viewers maybe got a chance to glance at while I was speaking. Uh, job growth between 2017, 2022, these are like double digit numbers all throughout. We could talk about any one of them, but you get the big picture that that Austin is growing, right? And these are the things that they're ranking as number one. Well,
0: look us. at what we're ranking at. Households with affordable housing cost. We're hundred twentieth. You know, one of the conversations that I was um, uh, looking into twenty twenty four is that okay, the numbers are great, but the number of afford- affordable homes for sale, especially that are homes priced under three hundred k, we're a struggle in Austin. You know, that is still not the case. We have, uh, you know, as a real estate team, we have access to multiple markets, and the part of the reason we provide that offering to our people is because there is a certain group of our people who are 1031 exchange or um, you know, under $350,000 investments, they are not able to find anything decent in Austin Metro. They have to go out into the Central Texas MLS in Bell County area, in the outskirts, in Burnett's. And um, that is indicative that market might have slowed down in pricing but it has not necessarily created any affordable housing for people.
1: Yeah. And you're going to hear headlines, right? You're going to hear stories about uh, affordable housing in the cities. Really trying to do the best that it can by creating multifamily opportunities. And uh, But you're right. As far as owning residential real estate uh, that you can rent out, it's a struggle. And uh,
0: maintaining affordable housing has a direct impact on how a city is performing as a, a, you know, high performance city. You know, if you're not able to maintain households under a certain price point, then you're losing the labor force too. People are going to move to the outskirts, now you're moving the economy out. So I think if one focus Austin has to redirect itself on is create affordable housing.
1: Absolutely. And you know the focus that this report, and they, they close out with this, to sustain its rapid growth, Austin should invest in sustainable development, prioritizing housing affordability yep. and infrastructure.
0: Yep, yep. That has been a challenge for us for, for a pretty good time now.
1: Yeah. So I hope to see more advancements in that area. Um. So next up, we got higher alcohol sales. And you're probably wondering... <laughs> This is a city that likes to party, right? And um, I know, Rosie, you and I, we like, to, uh, we like to maybe preach the idea to everybody to drink responsibly. And um, um, and so, anyways, getting in, back into the research here. So this was really interesting to me. Um, WLS Beverage Company is actually uh, JW Marriott. hmm uh, JW Marriott, when they when they have big these big conferences, they serve alcohol, they serve alcohol to their people in their restaurants. And what's really fascinating to me about this is because you would tend to believe that's one of the Sixth street locations or dirty uh, six where all the alcohol is being drank. But as we'll look at this report and you look at, you know, even Little Woodrose is uh, on West Sixth a little bit closer to the Whole Foods over there. And so these are these are not your your junky little um, bars that uh, across Dirty across Six. So um, these are people who are visiting the city. They have some money to spend, most likely business or leisure travelers, and uh, they're spending money in our city. So just to get an idea of who exactly- You know what the-
0: fascinates me, like just for people who are not from Austin and they don't know what these things are. So I'm just gonna make a little pointer out here. So at the bottom where you see- um you know a rose room 77 degrees perry steakhouse this is like domain area right so dope. domain area sales and then you look at omni barton creek proper hotel Matt's Alarancho, you're starting to go into the downtown right so a fairment austin hotel this is close to you know red river uh going all the way to um yeah some
1: of these are in the suburbs that's a great that's a great point that you just made
0: yeah. That's so if city. I look at it, anything before Little Woodrow is either domain or close to suburbs or, um, you know, South Austin area. Now, what I'm encouraged to think is that alcohol sales period or spending goes up whenever there are events. Look at Moody Center.
1: Yeah.
0: Fifteen and a half million in alcohol sales competing neck to neck with how ACL music festival sales are which is close to Zilka Park area. So yeah. I feel like this deter- Now, this is not in a real estate and alcohol. People are like, hey, how is it related? Well, how is it related is that Austin is inviting sales with events coming here. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that leads into a conversation about Austin Convention Center and going under construction. Yeah. So we are going to be relocating a lot of events out of Austin Convention Center until it goes through renovations. So my Great concern point. is that like... Are we gonna lose our venues for good for some of the major, um, uh, high-producing events?
1: Yeah. Well, Rosie, I want you. I want you to look at this. This is really cool. We actually yeah. are a lot smaller than Dallas, but our alcohol sales are the same. And so what that tells me is that these are not you know we just we don't have more alcoholics in Austin. That Can you scroll
0: was... up a little bit higher? Yeah, I want to see what is this? What is the color code means here? Okay, Life. so this uh, is uh 2020,
1: 2021, 2022, and 2023.
0: Okay, so people have not got to stop stop getting drunk.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Not, they have they're <laughs> it doesn't not matter where
1: I, the economy is, you know. I genuinely believe they're not drinking anymore. Maybe they're drinking a little yeah. bit more, but they're not drinking twice as much.
0: Oh, if, according to 2020, 2023 is pretty much. The choice amount of
1: alcohol. I would probably think, I would like to think that this is actually um, people traveling or coming into Texas or some sort of influx in population that's coming and spending money at our bars and restaurants.
0: I can see how you're are you you're saving the repetition of your Austinites. That's okay. <laughs> but I still think they got drunk more in 2023 than they did in 2020. So Probably. I don't know. When people say they don't got money and this is recession, like alcohol sales really doesn't show that. You know, yeah. unless, you know, historically al- alcohol sales do go up regardless of where economy is headed. You know, especially when the economy is not doing well, people want to kind of get drunk and forget about their miseries. And uh, if that has anything to do with it, but I'm going to talk about that.
1: <laughs> so, Rosie, I- I've had the pleasure of living in a lot of small towns and yeah. living all over the state of Texas. And yeah. there's one thing that actually brings businesses together. Like, um, I don't know, it's just great leadership, great leadership at the city level, at the small town level. It's people who care. Like yesterday, you and I went to the uh, went to Hutto. And we went with the, uh, you know, with the develop with the board that's responsible for development there. Yeah, Um, we have a beautiful property that's coming up. That's prime for an industrial building, right? Yeah, uh, we wanted to go down there and have a conversation with them and they welcomed us with open arms. They gave us way more information than we even needed. They spent time with us. And so I think what makes Texas such a great place and there's proof of this Mm -hmm. industry that we currently have in Austin can be tied directly to this uh, phenomenon, which is people are genuinely just good people. I don't know. Maybe yeah. someone outside of Texas is watching this and saying that's a generalization, but I think it's just either Southern hospitality meshed with wanting to grow economically and all these different factors. So I was really inspired by the story. It's uh, it, And I don't know how much of it's actually real estate related, but it is inspiring. So a lot of the goods that are returned online end up in landfills. And one of our local um, entrepreneurs, John Paul DeJoria, is actually teaming up with the with company called Vendidit. And Vendidit is going to take these goods. They're going to use AI in some form or fashion. And they're going to make sure that, like, for instance, if somebody returns something, there's yeah. an end for it or somehow
0: ends up in someone's hands rather than a, than a, a landfill
1: isn't that cool
0: wow you know like these are the little initiatives that makes a city a more greener city to live you know and um, and the fact that we hear news like this in our in our city it is no surprise to me you know you you start attracting the crowd that values you know uh, people are more loyal to their values and identity than their needs and wants and uh, once people find um connection with hey, I stand for being green, you know, people are going to gravitate to the cities who stand for those values. So I think it is also attraction of um, attraction for people when they hear news like that in our city.
1: Yeah. And these next couple of headlines, I'm going to kind of move fast across this. Um, there's a there's a company that originally started in San Francisco. They moved to Austin and they've raised two billion dollars. Um, uh, and th- what they do is they actually, um, you know, control the logins on computers and cell phones, encryption or whatever. These are company owned products. And so this is a company that is now based out of Austin. And that's. Wow. Very- so again, it's, it's just the reason why I added in, this in here was because we're talking about the headlines. The tech being- growth,
0: yeah, yeah. That's another another sector of tech growth. You know why we're attracting
1: yeah. this. Yeah, and so Dallas, uh, there's this new report that sizes up the economic impact of this massive project north of uh, Fort Worth. And yeah. When I look at these numbers, I just had to share it because I haven't seen anything like this before. But there's 574 companies that are located in a size similar to the size of San Francisco. Uh, 58 million square feet and 15 billion dollars worth of investment being made, and it's called Alliance Texas. It's north of Fort Worth, off of I-35 West. Mm-hmm. And just last year, they had an economic impact of 9.8 billion dollars. And so there, you know, we all hear about the Teslas, we hear about the Apples, and all these big, big projects. Um, but there's there's a lot going on in the in the Texas economy that. might not hear about and the reason also why i added this in here was because of the i-35 corridor which uh which you know comes down to austin and uh into san antonio so wanted to throw this out there uh austin convention center we talked about this they're spending 1.6 billion dollars and planning on being open by 2025 and uh dallas dallas convention center they're going to be adding the Dallas Morning News building to, to their convention center. They're doing some big stuff down there too. And they're spending $3 billion on their convention center. So-
0: Dallas has to top off Austin, doesn't it? <laughs> I was like, oh my
1: God. It was like billion, 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 billion. And, and so this is not a normal thing. Uh, I read some other- no, It actually
0: is a really good thing. I think it's another indicative that the amount of events that coming, like why would a convention center- uh, decide to all of a sudden invest in remodeling, not a hundred thousand dollars or a 1 million or one point six billion for Austin and three billion in Dallas. Well, that's a clear indicative that they are confident in the future events or growth that is coming. You know what other companies are doing, what music and festival and food is going to bring in. So this is good. This is good sign.
1: Yeah, I really love it. And so Houston, and this phenomenon is not only uh, limited to Houston, but uh, a lot of growth happening around the Grand Parkway. So if you're from Houston, you know, if you don't, hit us up and we'll direct you to these areas. Um, But number five here is on 290, the Waller area. And every time I travel into Houston from 290, I get to see all the phenomenal growth that's happening outside of that, that new loop that's been created. And so uh, just expect those areas to be filled in. Now, mm-hmm. um, I did want to share one last thing with you, and that is really exciting stuff. It's to see how uh, the Houston in- economy is impacted by oil. Now, let's take a look at this. This is really cool. So at $40 a barrel, this is, this is uh, job growth at $40 a barrel in Houston. So this is the red. At sixty-five dollars, this is that gold line, at eighty dollars and hundred dollars. So right now we're at roughly seventy-five dollars to eighty dollars a barrel. So this is where we are in job growth, and at hundred. So just from I believe it was from sixty to, no here it is, from sixty-five to eighty dollars a barrel or eighty-five dollars a barrel, we're adding twenty thousand jobs. So we're going from twenty-three five hundred jobs. To 43,800 jobs just by that little uptick in oil prices.
0: Mm, wow. 20, well, history has been an oh. oil centric economy. Yeah.
1: yeah. The $15 in oil does so much to their economy. And I thought you guys would love to see that.
0: Yeah. Well, low unemployment and, um, you know, overall, um, like I was just looking at it, I was like, man, we have employment. And I remember um, around 10 years ago, I remember sitting down in the city of Austin economic forecast and this guy um, made a very, very nice presentation and said a powerful thing that I have tested time and time again. Mm -hmm. He said, your housing growth is directly in proportion to job growth. Mm -hmm. If people have jobs, houses are not going anywhere. So regardless of what economy is doing, industries are doing, people are able to maintain employment and we don't have employment issue in Austin, Dallas and Houston metro area employment like we have a pretty high employment rate period. And Mm -hmm. when you are looking at data online and you're able to see that the median residential homes, median price for residential homes in December data that came out, we are 2.4% more than December of 2022. Ah. So active listings might have gone up, pending might have gone down, sold might have gone down, but the median, the median price for residential homes was 2.4% more than December of 2022. Incredible. So that tells me that people got jobs. Hmm. They can pay. Right? So I think, um, well, I feel like today we said, a mouthful with what market is coming. Uh, We have some pretty solid events coming up in February where we're gonna be uh, digging our heels into 2024 market forecasts Mm -hmm. and uh, investment opportunities. Matter of fact, going forward in our Thursday weekly investment properties, we're gonna start introducing properties that are sold by motivated sellers. uh, Listings that have been sitting on the market a little bit longer. And uh, let's write offers, let's make a deal happen, right? And I feel like a lot of our investor community who relies on us in bringing deals to them, this is a time, this is the time where you can scoop some of your well-deserved equity from the market, not by selling your own property, by buying more real estate. So Roger, any other words that you wanna add before we wrap up for today?
1: Um, let's see, you know, we covered quite a bit and I want people to remember that, that sometimes it, it, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are seeking information or new information. And, uh, but I don't really think information is what keeps people from acting. I think it's not being clear about the, the benefit of things. Like if you have the clear image of why owning real estate is good and what, how it can impact you in years to come. I think mm-hmm. that's incentive. So like sometimes you have to incentivize the, the real purpose of looking through all of the emails or looking at properties that we send you guys now, uh, or even looking for properties on your own, right? And and get a hold of us, tell us what your plan is, what your vision is. Um and Rosie says something. She says, you know, you say this all the time, and I really like it. You say, you know, living your life based on your likes and dislikes. It, it doesn't really yield as the fruit that we want, you know, so we have to kind of turn that kind of, we have to turn that thing off. Like, do I like this or not like this? Um, we sure we all want to have fun and just take it easy, but I encourage everyone to open those emails, take a look at them, get clear about why you want to own real estate and uh ask great questions. And we're here to serve you.
0: Yeah. And um, so guys, like Roger and I, we seat our responsibility. If we're going to help you make big decisions, it's our responsibility to grow in a big way. You know, and uh, who else better to learn than Charlie Munger, who understood and was a learning machine till he was, till he had his last breath in him, right? And um, when we study Charlie Munger, as much as he talks about real estate and businesses, he also talks about personal growth. And yes. he has uh, brought up the conversation around uh, different ways of avoidance. People avoid uh, different things in their lives and um, not to overwhelm with a lot of. And this is something maybe we should bring up next week in our conversation on what are the different reasons people avoid making decisions.
1: Yeah. He calls them the misleading tendencies. Like we have yeah. these misleading tendencies. And so uh, we don't, sometimes we don't want to be inconsistent. And I always think about the inconsistency one, because if uh, if, you, if you've if you already decided that you don't do X, Y, and Z, and now you'll do everything, like Rosie, you talk about this too. I think Robert Cialdini and these different great minds talk about it, that we'll do so much to maintain our identity. And yeah. so, you know, if I say, well, I don't like shrimp, and while well, you could cook me the best shrimp, and maybe it's the shrimp that that crowds flock to but i wouldn't know because i just don't eat shrimp or whatever the sure you don't like shrimp you don't like shellfish you get it but sometimes we're just way too decisive on on things and we need to come with an open mind sometimes you know a little bit more uh curious
0: yeah you know um so i think we should have a conversation about this next week because our state of mind is what drives our decision-making. And I think a lot of biases that we hold within us uh, stops us from doing the right thing. And um, sometimes quite frankly, in real estate, my work is not to tell people what to do. My work is to sometimes clean the water that has been muddied by other bad experts out there. You know, And there's so many people out there, they wake up in the morning and call themselves as an expert and, how much experience or skill do they have underneath uh, their belt before they can make an opinion about something? And sometimes I ask people, Hey, why haven't you made a decision? And they tell me about the here and say they had it from their family and friends. And if you dig deeper, those people who are creating doubts for them, haven't even owned a piece of real estate. Yeah. So most of the time, you know, um, Alex Ormosi is a great marketer and he says this one thing that I have made it my memorized principle in my heart. Uh, he said the biggest waste of time mm-hmm. is to justify your actions to people whose life you don't wish to live. Right. So if you don't wish to live the life of the person who is giving you advice, don't take their advice. Yeah. Period. So cool guys, I know we have another commitment to work with investors to acquire more commercial property and we have a call coming up. So I hope this was helpful and uh, I was officially able to go through the whole webinar without coughing. I am so excited. (laughs) Uh, No, we
1: definitely are putting our money where our mouth is. We're investors ourselves, and we wouldn't ask anybody to do anything that we're not willing to do ourselves. And so uh, if you're curious about wanting to get uh, maybe pre-approved, You need a great lender, uh, definitely hit us up. We'll put you in the right, we'll put you in touch with the right people. Uh, And, you know, just making sure you have good, great due diligence on the property. You're getting a great inspection done because you don't want to have any surprise expenses at the end. And uh, we work with great title reps and companies that uh, just really do their job well, great attorneys that dot their I's and cross their T's. And so, we're in the field every single day, and we just wanna uh, create that ecosystem and uh, pass down those benefits to everybody else. And And um, so if you have any questions, please get in touch with us.
0: Well, thank you so much, guys. Uh, love you all. This has been an incredible space for us to share, learn, and grow with you. Um, see you next week. By yeah. the way, we might be proposing a time change Off our webinar from 3 to 2 p.m. We haven't done a final answer on that yet, but just wanted to throw that word out there. Uh, If you guys have any objection to it or you have a preferred time, let us know. We are here to accommodate you. Uh, But uh, just to make sure I'm fully available for the purpose I'm here for, um, this might be a very convenient thing for um, the purpose, actually. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, love you all. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.